play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 249. Yep, episode 249. It is, on the date we are recording, Groundhog Day. So we're just going to be playing the same episode as last week. Right. And then we're going to play that episode next week, and then the week after that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, that was kind of a bad joke. But what is... Uh, what is not a bad joke, not even a joke at all, is the date of which we are recording this episode is 020222. Right. February 2nd, 2022. 2222. Yeah. It's nothing but a. Yeah. It's like code. It's just a bunch of ones and twos. Or <laughs> not ones and twos, zeros and twos. <laughs> there you go. Yep. It's like that little, uh, that little joke in Futurama where it's like, oh, fry. I woke up, I had the terrible nightmare. There was a bunch of ones and zeros, but I think I saw a two. It's okay, Bender, there's no such thing as two. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there we, there we go, we got off on that little sidetrack. Today there is a two. <laughs> a whole bunch of them. Oh yeah, it's a Fender's nightmare. <laughs> Let's get into the new music that has come out and will be coming out, so then we can get into playing some new music, because that's how we do it. I said... Fender. I mean Bender. <laughs> We're talking about a guitar, a car part. No. We're talking about Bender. Yeah, the Bender. All right, Razors in the Night, Tijuana Sweetheart. They put out their split on January 22nd. We talked about that last week, and we played a track off of it last week. So go check that out. The band trashed again. They put out their new EP, Scars on Show. It is amazing. We're going to have them on the show in the next few weeks. We will have a lot of interviews coming up, so stay tuned for the interviews on each of the episodes, including that one when it gets here. The Crash Landings released Riot Songs on the 22nd. Sir Reg released Open the Pubs, uh, and that's a single on the 22nd. The War Lovers, they released Charged City Nowhere on the 22nd. Mitch Kramer, which is a band name, nobody in the band by that name, uh, they released Grand Avenue EP on Die Hipster Records on the 23rd. Internal released Primal State on Here and Now Records on the 23rd. Criminal Outfit, they released Time to Get Crucial EP on the 25th. Original Sun, they released Parasite, which is a single off of their upcoming LP, which is called Currents. That was released on the 27th. The band Kirkby Kiss, they released It's Gonna Cost You on the 27th. Gloves Off, they released Life and Everything After, and they released that on the 28th on Upstate Records. Also, uh, Bruise Brothers, there it is, they released 21 Offers, You Can't Refuse on Upstate Records on the 28th. Another release on the 28th, Schism, they released Capital Lies on Rotten Bastard Records. We played a track off that a couple weeks back. Mm -hmm. Wolf Sklinge, it was a good track. Wolf Sklinge. They released a new single called Halb 8. Lion's Law released a new single on the 28th called Insane. It is their last single, last track recorded, featuring their former and original guitarist, Lewis. Lewis has moved on to, I don't know what. He also <laughs> was a guitarist in you know a, a, on the second go-around for the band Common Turn Sect out of France. 
which is an awesome band, and he was on their last release that came out in the fall. But I looked on his social media. I don't know what he's up to. I don't know if he's going to be doing other bands or if he's just kind of away from it. So Lion's Law is one of my absolute favorite bands. I'm sad to see such a great guitarist like Lewis leave. Hopefully he does continue on to do something else. He might be doing Tiger's Jaw. There you go. <laughs> the track Insane is insane. Go check it out. <laughs> Actually, I think Tiger's Jaw might be a band already. Okay. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Carbon Parade, there we go. They released New World Hardcore EP on the 28th of the Baboon Show. We just played them a couple weeks back. They released a new single called Have a Party With Me, very ACDC-esque, very 80s ACDC-esque. I think you will like it. You should check it out if you haven't yet. Who were they called again? The Baboon Show. You played them a couple weeks ago. Oh, The Baboon Show. I, was, I wasn't listening. <laughs> All right, The Baboon Show. Yes, new single, Have a Party With Me, released on the 28th. All right, we'll see how 70s they get. Dead Evil, they released a new single called Just a Ghost on the 29th. On the 1st, The Prowlers released Prowl Around, and that's released on Contra, Essa, or LSM, and Insurgents Records. And it's really good. I was listening to it earlier today. Made it almost all the way through. It was amazing. Definitely going to be on my top list for 2022. Speaking of which, we got to get to our list of 2021. We're now in the second month, so <laughs> expect to hear those from us. I got a long list of LPs, but I am uh, funneling them down to a uh, maybe a top 13. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. Because, you know, lucky number. I'm going to try to whittle mine down as well because I have quite a few that I am checking out. But we'll get to those hopefully quickly, hopefully within the next couple weeks. Yep, or do our very special episodes. <laughs> yes. The Warriors, they released One for All on Street Heart Records on the first, Dogs in the Fight, Freedom at Gunpoint. We're going to play more off of that. We played a track on that from that way back in like October that was yeah. Zombie, and they put out a video for that. Well, they released the whole album, Freedom at Gunpoint, and we're going to check out another track here shortly today. On the second, A Handful of Punk and Oi Volume 2, which is a five-way split LP released on Sunny Bastard Records featuring the bands One Voice, Scandal, Royal Oi, Bastardis, and Subalternos. All awesome bands. I like those bands. Royal Oi. I haven't heard of those guys in a few years. Right? <laughs> out of Scotland. Great band. Uh, I recommend checking out all those bands. Bastardes from Sweden, Subalternos, I think, pretty sure it's from Brazil. Uh, Scandal in the UK, and One Voice is between Netherlands and Germany. Uh, guys in each country there. Well, nice. Right? Uh, Dogs <laughs> in the Fight, we got that one. So the Monsters, they are releasing Duhesh Klaas, Igby Trash on the 4th. Divided Heaven is releasing Oblivion on the 4th. Field Day is releasing Why, which is an EP on the 4th. Guitar Gangsters are releasing Fortune Favors the Brave on the 4th. Orphan Riot is releasing Forever Family, which is a single, which is also a cover on the 4th. Sweat is releasing Gotta Give It Up. It's an LP on Pirates Press Records. And finally, on the 11th, we have a few releases. The Rum Jacks will be releasing their new EP called Brass for Gold. Frank Turner is going to be releasing FTHC Deluxe, the deluxe version. Uh, Armada, or La Armada rather, is releasing Anti-Colonial Volume 2 on Lockjaw Records on the 11th. Author and Punisher will be releasing Crueler 
I think that's how you say it. Uh, on the 11th, maybe, maybe it's crawler. Uh, you're not spe- you're not speaking it in machine, right? So <laughs> maybe it's a, maybe it's a dialect. Dissident, dissidente. They are releasing the war on two fronts, and you vandal finally on the 11th as well. Pretend I don't exist on Jumpstart Records. That is all the releases I have. I'm done talking. If you couldn't tell, my voice is. Not at its best. So, Eric, what do you have to add? He's horse and course. Yes. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> like a horse. Anyway, I don't have much else to add as far as uh, new releases go. I'm a little, uh, uh, I guess, misinformed. <laughs> not, Look, not uninformed. Exactly, but... How's uninformed? Yes, uninformed. There we go. Yep. I am uninformed of a lot of new releases that are coming out, mostly because some of the new releases that have come out within the past month or so, I've just been like uh, going hard and just burning through these uh, records and these songs and just loving every minute of it. Awesome. And yeah, that functions as my lead-in into my pick of the new song here. The new song is from the latest... the latest record from Comeback Kid, Heavy Steps, which was just released on the 21st of last month. And, yeah, what can I say about this album? A lot, but I'll try and keep it succinct. <laughs> He's, uh, because this album is, oh man, it's a scorcher. It's sort of like a return to form of Comeback Kid. Um yeah, they really haven't put out a solid album, at least in consistency since, uh, personally, since like uh, broadcasting, you know. And I Wake the Dead, that's my favorite one. I played it. I played a few tracks on this show. Uh, I think it was a year and a half ago, somewhere around that time, and I kind of uh, fanboyed out a bit on Comeback Kid back then. And yeah, but they kind of uh, they kind of been hit and miss the past few years, like. Uh, uh, what was the, uh, yeah, Symptoms and Cures. It was kind of hit and miss, in my opinion. Die Knowing was actually pretty decent. was a pretty solid record. And then the one they did, uh, <coughs> excuse me, three years ago. I can't I can't remember off the top of my head the name of the album. Uh, I don't remember because I listened to it once. I was like, okay, this is Comeback Kid sounding a little bit more like Stick to Your Guns. I'm like, come on, come back, kid. You were so hard. You were aggressive, but also catchy and melodic. You were sing-songy. And you could just, it's just sort of like you get a punch to the face and someone comes in and kisses it better. That's really what Comeback Kid sounds like to me. So with Heavy Steps, they really brought back that aggression and added melody as an overlay. And yeah, I've listened to this album countless times right now. I lost track. It is that good. Um, Yeah, it's most likely going to be a best cover-to-cover album in the coming episodes, so keep an eye out for that. (laughs) But go ahead and listen to it for yourself. But for right now, I will... uh, Yeah, I will play the song that I singled out as the best one that is Dead on the Fence. This one... Maybe want to, ch- maybe just want to throw on my cargo shorts and just start flailing my fists in the middle of nowhere and just screaming at the top of my lungs, dead on the fence. It's a, it's one of those classic hardcore songs. So without further ado, here is the storm, 
the storm's rushing dead on the fence. <laughs> to find no calm of mind the storm's crushing yeah <laughs> I, I got nothing bad to say about that record like I said it will be coming up as a great cover to cover album hopefully if I haven't burned out on it too fast which I doubt <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's comeback kid returning back to uh, basics sounding fresh as ever this is the yeah, this is the hardest and best album I've heard with their uh, with their current vocalist vocalist <laughs> Andrew uh, yeah Andrew Newfeld who replaced uh, Scott Wade who was the he was the singer on the first two albums Andrew Newfeld was actually the rhythm guitarist 
But when Scott left, he just was like, eh, I'll take over. Cool. <laughs> yep, and he's been their lead singer ever since. And, yeah, he's got a hell of a voice. Just that raspy going up into the alto stage. <laughs> he's he's a hardcore vocalist. Vocalist. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, one of the... Yeah, one of the brutalist of hardcore bands to come out within the within the 21st century. Love you, comeback kid, and I will be loving you even more later down the road. <laughs> awesome. Well, we got a couple of new songs, uh, stuff that's shared with us, but definitely would have played them anyway, especially this one. Uh, our friends to the north of us from Boise, Idaho, the band Dogs in the Fight, they just released their new album, as I was talking about during the new tracks, uh, Freedom of Gunpoint, we played the track Zombie from, it was back like in October, when Clark first shared it with us, wanted to wait till a little closer, and boom, here it is, release date, uh-huh. don't want you to have forgotten that that was coming, but you probably already had it saved, ready to go, because you liked that track. Uh, again, they had a music video for that track. The track I decided to pick here, uh, this track is track number 10, I think there was 12 there might have been 13 but i think there's 12 tracks on this full-length lp freedom of gunpoint mm-hmm. the track that i picked is called the good old days and i just picked it because i love the message in it because i find myself saying the same shit that they're saying in this song and if you can't tell by the track title the good old days well i guess we'll, we'll let you hear what they're saying too because maybe you'll feel the same as me here goes <laughs> nostalgia track uh, right i don't know maybe people who are sick of hearing them are just like come on think forward now 
but that's a good one. Yeah, sometimes thinking forward seems depressing, so it's nice to look back. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then, but then you get bored with both, and you're like, yeah, what about now? What's going on right now? <laughs> oh, man. It's like if you're regretful, you're looking back, and if you're... And if you're anxious, you're looking forward. But if you're content, you're looking right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is new stuff that came out pretty much right now. Yes, <laughs> yesterday, which is not too far into the past. Uh, Freedom of Gunpoint, go check it out. Dogs in the Fight are awesome. I can't wait till they get here or I go up there. Want to see those guys again. Love Dogs in the Fight. That was the good old days. Go check out the rest of the tracks on that LP. Uh, great cover art too. Yeah. Next up, good old days from good old boys, I guess. <laughs> the <laughs> northernmost good old boys. There you go. Actually, Idaho is kind of our our token southern states. <laughs> it's like Idaho and Florida need to switch places. <laughs> uh, the the cribs. That's who we're playing next. They. Released and you know, speaking of looking into the past, this is a that that would be a great segue for this song or this band or this release. The Cribs, they are out of the UK. Uh, they put out a new release called 78 RPM. They put it out on Dammit Records, and we want to thank Nick and John at Dammit Records for sharing this with us. 78 RPM actually comes out on Valentine's, so February 14th. That's why you didn't hear us talk about it at the beginning of the show, because it is about two weeks away. So <laughs> on the 14th, the Cribs, they'll be releasing that 78 RPM. It's a seven-track EP with songs from the 1960s, which are given a punky twist. Yeah, sort of like what the Misfits did, but of a different decade? <laughs> yes, uh, but these, these, uh, these specifically are actual tracks that are, you could say are covers, but it's... You know, it's a different type of cover. Uh, if you want to order, or pre-order rather, uh, you can go over to Dammit Records' Bandcamp page to pre-order the CD or get it digitally. And there is uh, something, some bonus thing by doing the pre-order. I think the pre-order either starts on the 7th or ends on the 7th. You better go check. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Check this... out for Project 1960. I mean... Uh... The Cribs. The Cribs. 78 RPM. The the right. Cribs, the track we're going to play off of their, the that 7-track EP, which is 78 RPM, as Eric just said, is called uh, Any Old Iron. So I decided, like, I don't know what these 60s tracks are. Well, I looked it up. The original Any Old Iron was done by Harry Champion in 1911, and oh. the recording for it dates to 1935. This particular track is referring to donating iron for the war effort. So 1911, or thereabouts, I guess, for World War One, and World War Two being around that 1935, as the UK or Europe, they were more involved with the war earlier on than the US in both. Hmm. So uh, this song was also sung by Peter Sellers. And if you're unfamiliar with Peter Sellers... I, if you don't know Peter Sellers... I will give you a hint. He's that guy. Exactly. He played Inspector Clouseau on the Pink Panther series, 
and recorded a version of the song in 1957. That's awesome. I didn't know he was into doing the music. <laughs> he sure was and sure did. Yeah. The man who played both Cluzo and Dr. Strangelove did a song. <laughs> yes, and actually did more than just one. But he did a, a version of this, <laughs> Any Old Iron. The Cribs are now giving it a punky twist. I'm doing the air quotes because I'm quoting. <laughs> punky twist. And you're going to hear it. So here we go. The Cribs with Any Old Iron. Any old iron, any old iron, any, any, any old iron. You look deep, look at that tree. You look so covering up to your feet. Christmas style, brand new top. Time is all green tire. When you get it up for your own chain, old iron, old iron. Just a week ago, took her on the bill. Went and kicked the bucket and left it in his wheel. Went by the road, stayed down the gate. Just around the bill, let's watch that guy. Put seats on, I run across the chest. Don't look at that, here's a dang old red. Flash it off, throw it around the free. I could turn it, they to get it down. Knees up, mama, brown. Knees up, mama, brown. not expecting that <laughs> <laughs> so like i said they they did covers of tracks that are you know 60s tracks or thereabouts and those were not punk tracks back then so they're not covering what was originally a punk track like most of the covers that we tend to hear yeah well i mean just as long as they don't do a 60s cover of louie louie because that <laughs> has been done to death <laughs> I agree. I could go without that one, and it was not one of the seven tracks on the EP. Okay, good. (laughs) Which is good, because that song, I looked it up, is by the Kingsman. That came out in 1962. So, dodged a bullet on that one. Sure did. God damn. I mean, Black Flag covered it. It was like, okay. Motorhead covered it. That's all right, but so many people ended up covering it. Even in this specific scene, the Salt Lake City hardcore band Raid, they... Did nothing but Black Flag and Minor Threat covers when they were first starting out. And then when they started writing their own music, they kept a couple of the covers. And the one that uh, survived them through all of it, that they still play to this day, is Louie Louie. So now every time I see them, and every time they play that, I just check out. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to pretend to be here. <laughs> but anyway, back to, the, back to the Cribs. I really like what they're doing. I do too. Check out 78 RPM. It will be coming out. There are, I think, two tracks you can listen to, one of which is not this one, so there's two other tracks you can go over to their Bandcamp page and check out. Sweet. Uh, all ready to go. So check them out. That was Any Old Iron. That was The Cribs. 
Thanks again to Nick and John of Damn It Records. Go over to Damn It Records on Bandcamp. Eric, let's do some older, lesser known stuff. What do you got? Yeah, some older, lesser known. I got some older, lesser known. Also, yeah, talking of older, lesser known, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, if they were to do, uh, if they were to really go back and do like old timey uh, punk covers of songs, they should they should bring out Los Psychos. Oh the, yeah, yeah, the band from the fifties that were basically uh, the embryonic punk version of what fifties rock rock and roll bands were. Right. So, so yeah, I gotta we gotta expose them a little bit on this show in the one of these days. One of these days, we'll do that. Okay. Doesn't get much older than Los Psychos, but. Going a few decades uh, before that, or not before that, after that. I'm talking about the 50s going into the 70s. We have the first wave of punk rock. The explosion right out of the UK. Everybody remembers the likes of The Pistols, The Clash, The Damned, and so forth. But there's a lot of bands that have started back then. They gained a bit of an underground following. A lot of uh, appreciation within the confines of their of their respective scenes, but as is the case with most bands of that caliber back then and to this day, their lifespan is at best maybe two or three years. <laughs> so, and that is uh, that is basically what happened on on today's subject or to su- today's subject. Getting words minced here. <clears throat> the band is the Ruts. Now the Ruts, I came across. Uh, I was actually introduced to them via Henry Rollins. Not personally, it was just uh, he was talking about the band in one of his uh, in one of his spoken word stand-ups. You know, and uh, which by the way, check him out if you haven't heard him. He's uh, very well spoken. He's got a lot of interesting stories. He's very interesting and he's very entertaining to listen to. Awesome. Yeah, takes it with a grain of salt. Anyway, he was talking about the band The Ruts, how it was when he was a little kid going through record stores and uh, going to the import section, and he found the single from a band called The Ruts from the UK, and the single was In a Rut. And he listened to that basically until it was a flat piece of vinyl. So I'm thinking, okay, if Henry Rollins thinks it's good, then I gotta listen to it. And, you know, teenage head, you kind of uh, <laughs> you kind of follow in the steps of people you idolize. <coughs> and really, uh, Henry was on the money because The Ruts are awesome. That. They have a lot of great songs on there, and yeah, their career was somewhat short-lived as their uh, their vocalist, Malcolm uh, Owen, he died of a heroin overdose as a really kind of, uh, a, which was really kind of a common occurrence back in those days. Right. So many ODs, either, yeah, either accidental or intentional. It was just, uh, that just kind of came with the... Uh, came with the demon, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, the Ruts. They only released uh, one album, which was uh, in the crack, and not in the crack, just <laughs> the crack. <laughs> the crack. In the crack. <laughs> in the crack. Oh shit! <laughs> and I mean that. <laughs> oh but no, the crack. You know, I'm mixing it up because I have the song in a rut in the crack. It's a it's basically a facsimile. Anyway, 
Anyway, the crack is a great is a great album. It's taken elements of punk and also reggae, which was something the Clash was doing further down the line as well. And of course, you listen to London Calling, those little upstrokes. You know that was taken from the music of Jamaica because all the all the Jamaicans were immigrating to the UK at that time, and thus two tone ska became a thing. Right. Yeah. So the Ruts were doing a little bit of that, and yeah, also on. Also back over the over to the states, the bad brains ended up doing the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of interesting how uh, how Jamaica has a huge hand in uh, shaping punk and hardcore. Right. So, so yeah, the so yeah, the crack, the ruts made it made their uh, statement and has a lot of good songs on there. But Babylon's Burning was a standout. It is just the. It just feels like a proto oi song. It's just ha- it just has that feeling of it. Feels like people will be chanting along to it in any bar, any pub. It's just a, uh, it's just really great. It's really catchy, and it's really and it's got that old seventies grit and aggression to it. It's just a, uh, yeah, just this little microcosm of brilliance in this very short lived band. This is the Ruts, and this is Babylon's Burning. With anxiety.
with anxiety, my friends. <laughs> One thing I forgot to mention: if you uh, if you are sort of doubting them, uh, them going native with the whole Jama- Jamaican sound mixed in with their uh, punk rock counterparts, the idea of Babylon, it's actually it's actually a word used in uh, Rastafarianism to describe the material world. The material world being an illusion from keeping you, keeping you. Uh, from true enlightenment, pretty much. Okay. So, saying Babylon's burning, that's like the material world is burning with anxiety. You just think of uh, you just think of the normal world. You know, punch in, clock in, do your do your work. You go home, you eat, you sleep, and then you wake up and do it again. That's the Babylon they're describing. Right. So it's kind of a statement of the uh, punk scene in and of itself, where it's like we're trying to break that mold. We're trying to not be doing that so there you go the ruts they were as uh about as punk as you could get especially back in those days and it's unfortunate they are no longer a band anymore like i said malcolm owen he uh passed away way way before our time pretty much before my time anyway right i mean I mean, Dustin was about a year old when it happened, so... Yeah. But they did reform as Ruts DC, new, different singer. I think it was another guy that was already in the band, kind of like the story you described. Well, there were, uh... Yeah, the Ruts DC. I haven't done too much research on that. They formed yeah, they, later yeah, they that year after he died, and they played for a couple years until 83, and then they reformed again. They had that big gap between 83 and about 2011 yeah and they've been doing stuff since then yeah it was the yeah they were kind of on and on again off again but what was the uh the final nail in the proverbial coffin was paul fox who was uh who was their original guitarist he's like the lone survivor of that band and he was diagnosed with uh, stage four lung cancer uh. and yeah he was gone he wasn't coming back <laughs> and it was like well we're just going to do a final show in our hometown, and, well, I guess we really need a singer <laughs> to sing those original Rut songs. So that's how Henry Rollins got into the picture. He's like, yeah, I love the Ruts, and they want me to be s- singing those songs on their final show? Fuck yeah, I'll do it. Awesome. So, so yeah, he said yes. They played a sold-out show. It's on the... And you can find that concert. You can find it on YouTube and... Uh, it's uh, about a half hour long set doing all the doing all the songs. They end with the uh uh what was it? Yeah, in a rut. They oh, end cool. with that that anthemic song and the fact was the openers were the UK subs and the damned who were not announced. They just kind of came in unannounced. That's awesome. <laughs> just like surprise. You thought you were getting the ruts, now you're getting the damned first and everybody loves the damned. So why not? But yeah, the damned of the UK subs, Captain Sensible, and uh, you know they were all coming out and they were all singing, "You're in a rut, you gotta get out of it." Yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. And Henry Rollins described it as like a spear could come down and just strike me right through my heart, and I would die right there. That would be perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> to be singing in a rut with Paul Fox on stage with Captain Sensible and Dave Vanian. And the UK subs all on stage. Yeah, I can die happy right there. That's cool. <laughs> so yeah, listen to the yeah listen to the ruts. You can find their music. They have a compilation of all their other singles that were not released on a proper EP or LP or anything like that. But 
yeah, just a compilation like that and the album, not in, but the crack. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so listen to that one. Find the, yeah, find the video up on YouTube. It is worth watching. And listen to Henry Rollins' story on it. Like I said, he is very entertaining. He tells it better than I, my little abridged version right there <laughs> that you got right here. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> well, coming up, we, we alluded to it at the beginning that we have interviews on a bunch of shows coming up. Well, we have one, and I don't think we really talked about it much. So oh, just yeah. so you know, it's coming. We have uh, John Feeney from... American Records, and that's what we're going to be discussing because we did have John about six months ago with mm. the rest of the band, Soldiers of Destruction, because he drums in that band. That is uh, coming up, and we're going to be playing some tracks that American Records released and helped record and such. So we'll be getting to that after Eric's great cover-to-cover album pick. So that stuff's coming. Be on the, the lookout, the listen for. It's coming. Interview on this episode with John of American Records. Next up, though, we're going to play my older, lesser-known track. I have a handful of bands that reached out, and I made a list, and then I added a bunch of stuff, and I forgot what was what, and I'm recently going through making sure I get into everybody, and I realized, oh, shit, there's a handful of bands, so over the next, I don't know, month or so, it'll probably take a while to get caught up, but I'm going to be getting to a lot of these tracks that people were sharing because I like them, and I think you should check them out. Today, it's going to be the band Bad Bistro out of Liverpool in the UK. Was it nothing but uh, rotten meat? <laughs> Little maggot Could garnishes? <laughs> Could be. Uh, they do have a SoundCloud. And so go over to SoundCloud and look up Bad Bistro. That is probably the place that you're going to find most of their stuff. Uh, the track that we are going to play is called Pink Champagne. Cool track. I like this track. I'm glad that Al shared it with me, so go check it out. Thank you, Al. Uh, check out Bad Bistro. Go check out the other tracks that they have on their SoundCloud page. Here is Bad Bistro coming at us from April 2nd of 2018 with the track Pink Champagne. <laughs> Yeah, 
Classic UK punk sound there. I like it. It does. It doesn't sound too far off from the uh, from the Rut song I was just playing. <laughs> right, but a lot of years in between, almost 40 years in between uh, release dates there, 39 years. <laughs> yeah. Yep, very, very observant. <laughs> yes. Uh, two cool tracks, the Ruts, Bad Bistro, two UK bands playing with, as Eric pointed out, similar in sounds, both uh, some classic UK punk sounds, but uh, such a big gap. Mm-hmm. Check them out. Check out Bad Bistro again. Go over to their SoundCloud page. You can go check out the other tracks that they have there. Thanks again, Al, for sharing with us so we can share with everybody else. Go check them out. It's Bad Bistro. Eric, yeah. you have any live shows that you've been to recently or any live shows you want to talk about before we move on to your great cover cover album? Uh, live shows I have uh, not been to this uh, this past week. But there are a few coming up. Awesome. Yep. One on this, uh, this the Friday, the 4th, at the Beehive. Nice. The uh, band, the hardcore band from San Diego, Dispersed, will be playing at the Beehive with Social Stigma, Narc, and Snuff Tape. So, a bit of a mixed bag, musically speaking, but that's the way it should be. And, uh, yeah, for all you old school uh, uh, turn-of-the-century emo kids... The band Thursday will be coming through to The Depot on the 6th. The f- and they will be playing with Cursive, The Appleseed Cast, and Nate Bergman. And let's see, is this still within the still within the confines of the next week? Eh, not really. I'll just uh but I'll give a little uh uh what is it? A little teaser for it. On the 11th, which is next Friday at Aces High Saloon, the Psychobilly band, the Coffin Cats, will, will, my God, be coming through, <laughs> and they will be op- they will be supported by the Utah County Swillers and the Pseudos. So, yep, those are the shows that are coming up within the 
uh, within the vicinity of a couple weeks. So now you know what to look forward to and to be prepared for. Well, I'm going to be quick and brief as well. There's two shows I want to mention. Uh, first, before I mention the show, in case you all did not notice, the Mighty Mighty Boston's have officially broken up as a mm. band. We There's saw. been some lulls in their activity over the years, but they are officially no longer going to continue as a band. Uh, they want to thank everybody and just don't expect to see them again. So I'm glad I got to see them back in the 90s a couple times. And <laughs> over the last decade, I saw them a couple times. So grateful I, for all the times I did see them. I have only managed to see them once. It was... Uh, uh, one show they played at uh, Punk Rock Bowling, and it was it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> That's really what I can say. They are one of those bands. Because uh, ska shows are by design supposed to be really fun. You know, you get right. your dance on and everything. But the Boston's they really brought it. So not a band that I was like super into as uh, as I was with most ska, but boston's i always had a i always had an ounce of respect for because they were there at the beginning of it that true yeah that second wave of ska music that just like shaped the outlet the output of the 90s so yeah without boston's there would be no sublime there would be no real big fish no streetlight manifesto nothing like that boston's they've been honing their craft for a long time people so send your respects send your condolences they are the real deal they were great. Their their last album they put out was a cool album. Check them out. For what it's worth, there it is. Uh, two shows that I do want to mention. They're both about two weeks away. The Super Bowl Saturday Punk Rock Show on February 12th. Uh, Working Class Promotions is bringing you The Idiots, 390. Love those guys. The Gringos, Southpaw, Weapon X, and Weapon Lead, maybe? I can't tell with that font. It's going to be at Boomer's Cocktail Lounge. In Long Beach, California, show starts looks like at 7.30. $10 cover charge, but unfortunately it's 21 and older. So all you youngsters, you have to go somewhere else that day. On Friday, February 11th, this is a show that I really want to go to. It's going to be at the Yucca Tap Room in Tempe, Arizona. Tickets are 20 bucks. It is also a 21 and older show. But the bands Fat Skins, Fear City, Strike First, Liberty and Justice... 21 Gun Salute and Splatter Pattern are also playing in Tempe, Arizona. Fat Skins have been a while since they played. They're obviously from Arizona, if you don't know them. Fear City from Chicago. Strike First from Atlanta. Liberty and Justice from Houston. 21 Gun Salute from L.A. area. I'm not sure where Splatter Pattern's from, but the point is, is you have bands from all over the place coming one location, 20 bucks. It's Tempe, Arizona. If the tickets are still on sale, you can get them and you can travel. I really want to. Unfortunately, on the 12th, got to be somewhere here. I'm so bummed because I really want to go see Mike Oxley and uh, the rest of the guys in Fat Skins. Such a, such a bummer, man. What do you do? Yeah, you uh, take it on the nose and move on. Right. <laughs> I'm going to definitely look forward to some videos or maybe something will change. In the last minute, I will travel out there. That's what I'm hoping for. Eric. That's the live shows. What do you have for a great cover to cover album? A uh, great cover to cover album. I have one of my one of my favorite bands in the punk rock spectrum that have formed within within the first half of the 2010s. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I know that is oddly specific, but 
I have to get down to specifics because my <laughs> intake of punk rock music, especially in the last 10 years, is so vast that I have to be, as I said, specific. Right. And specifically, I'm going to be talking about the band Pears. Pears. Dot Pears. Yes. The band that we know whose logo rips off that of fear, and they have a lot of references to the Descendants and suicidal tendencies within their songs, and they have a very unique sound that basically, remember what I was saying about Comeback Kid earlier? Yes. About it being like a uh, punch in the face and then a kiss on the cheek? Yeah, that's uh, kind of the same thing we have here, except you're not getting uh, just a big slug in the face. You're getting like a, you're getting like a fucking uh, Rocky hitting the uh, the fucking power bag, <laughs> the little punching bag, the, the speed one that bag, dangles. speed bag. Thank you. you. Yes, you're getting one of those. You know, <laughs> and I don't know. You don't really get a little kiss. You just like okay, go take a break. <laughs> That's what pears is like. Oh my god! When I first heard them, I had no idea what to make of them. How I heard of them, they're Album, their first album, Go to Prison, which is the subject of today's great cover-to-cover album, came to me via Slug Magazine. They're like, hey, you want to review this one? I was like, yeah, sure. New punk band? An album that isn't even officially released? Yeah, and I had the unofficial release, which was, yeah, the unofficial release date was July 24th, 2014. But after they were signed to Fat Records, they re-released it as a debut Fat Records release on January 24th, that following year, being 2015. So, yeah, you, I had that bragging right for a minute. That's cool. Anyway, so yeah, I listened to Go to Prison, this album, and yeah, I really had no idea what to expect. And then when I heard it, I'm like, wait, wait. Let's go back and listen to that again. I need to make sure that what I heard was real. Because <laughs> really, they sound like a, a combination of direct hit and a Wilhelm scream with with an ounce of Comeback Kid. Like, it, they are that aggressive. Like, it just shifts on a dime fr- from really just uh, snarling, rabid vocals and just these equally discordant guitars to, oh, uh, this... Uh, this fancy little uh, poppy skate punk type sound. And then all of a sudden, back into the aggression again. Like, there's no <laughs> there's no <laughs> transition. It's not exactly that seamless, but somehow it works. Somehow they get this to work. I can't even uh, really explain it that well in words. I did a couple of reviews on the... On both their albums, Go to Prison and Green Star. You can find them on the Slug Magazine website. And... And you can read what I had to say about it, so it's a bit more concise, a little bit more well put together. But for now, let's listen to the music. This is one of the songs from Go to Prison. Here is Victim to Be, a stellar example of the aggression and the poppiness of of their whole musical structure. So, here we go!
is actually one of the uh, smoother songs <laughs> on that album. Oh man. Yeah, and the and the crazy thing about this, this was written and recorded within a week. Wow. Yeah. They were just on it. Like a uh, man. We really they really had no idea what they were doing. They were just like, "Hey, it all sounds good." And this was the result. And my god, did it work. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Good for them. So I may have uh, fibbed a little bit earlier, that, as in uh, kind of uh, preluding that this was my introduction to the band when it wasn't. I saw them earlier that year at Punk Rock Bowling. It was the first time that they had ever played it, and really they hadn't been a band for for even a year at that point. Wow. Yeah, they Good were just getting in. Yeah, they were just getting started, and it was a uh, PRB 2014, and it was at that show that uh, uh, that oh god. <laughs> Uh, Kelly, Kelly Burkett, Fat Mike's former wife. Okay. <laughs> former wife, but still co-founder of Fat Records. She was actually scouting for bands down there, and were th- and she saw pairs, and they're like, okay, these guys got to get on our label. So, boink, that was the show. That was the show, and the rest is history. Awesome. And I was there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Again, I kind of have some weird bragging rights with uh, this band, and. Yeah, I was there when they were when they played their first show in SLC, which was at Kilby Court. They came through again and played the Beehive, and they will be coming through this year. Yes. On the uh what is it, the eighth of May. No, sorry. That- March fifteenth. Yeah. So they have oh, well, the, yeah, March fifteenth. They're doing the, the World Tour Redo twenty twenty two, the American edition, which goes February nineteenth through May eighth. Yeah, okay, we're right we're kind of in the middle. So yeah, it's a yeah, it's a ways away. So uh, we got about a month and a half to prep for that. And if you haven't seen pairs yet, I thoroughly recommend it. <laughs> like uh, just Zach Quinn, their vocalist, he is on point. He is just a feral animal on stage. <laughs> he just man, you can't tell what he's going to do next. I interviewed him once, also for Slug Magazine, and I was talking to him about the uh, stage movements. He was like. He was like, well, I wasn't really influenced by anybody. I just saw guys like uh, Iggy Pop doing weird stuff on stage, and I'm like, yeah, I want to do stuff like that. But I just kind of had to do it to match the music. (laughs) (laughs) He said he's probably going to wear a ballet tutu. (laughs) um, We were kind of joking around about that, but I wouldn't put anything past him, especially with a band like this. You heard them. They are so 
off the wall. <laughs> Not so much now in uh, recent years. Their last album they put out, <clears throat> I, I can't even remember the name of it. Actually, I think it was just self-titled. Might have been. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was just self-titled. Oh, man, they went full soft. <laughs> they got really soft. Like, it's just so... So serene and so calm, and I can't, I can't hang. <laughs> just like, oh, <laughs> just <laughs> flew too close to the sun. Uh, uh, whatever, that's the, it's their thing. That's what they want to do. That's fine. I have, uh, I may not agree with it, but I expect, I respect it. <laughs> I'm just gonna go and listen to the first two albums. I mean, Green Star is still a masterpiece. <laughs> That's my favorite one that they have done. I mean, I love both of these, but Green Star I love a little more. Um, anyway, back to uh, Go to Prison. <laughs> There's a, there is a lot of songs that are listenable. I mean, out of the ten, I'm only playing two. All The remaining eight, all worthy of a listen. Oh, God, the... Yeah, what was it? You're Boring, Terrible, Grind Spree. They even have a cover of Judy is a Punk. Nice. <laughs> and it's a And it's a great cover. Mostly I get so sick of bands covering the Ramones. Mostly because they do, uh, you know, the typical ones. And this one, yeah, kind of typical, but lowered down the list of songs you'd expect to be covered by that band. Anyway, the song that... But the song that I will be unveiling today is the song Little Bags. And really, because it is... It kind of has a little Easter egg in there. Uh, giving, a, uh, giving a bit of a hint to where their name comes from. Pears. No one really calls their band Pears unless they're just making a joke. And this one it kind of is. So, I don't know, I'll give you time to uh, look up the lyrics of Little Bags, because yeah, he sings fast. He sings very <laughs> fast. And see if you can figure it out. And I will unveil the, I will unveil the meaning behind the band's namesake after this. Never miss a
in case you missed it, which you probably did, I the, did. the lyrics in there, in the chorus, is like, uh, everything is pears, everything is pears, everything is pears. So, yeah. For the context. I caught that part. Yeah, I caught that part. Yeah. Didn't know what they meant. <laughs> For the context, <laughs> I'll put it this way. The song Little Bags is about an acid trip. <laughs> and, and, yeah, this is what came out. Uh, from my interview with Zach Quinn, so you can look it up. You can fact check me on this. He did say it. He said that when it, he was uh, dropping and he had a big trip, he just pictured all these fruits coming to life. And yeah, it was just these uh, lumbering pears. So when it when time came to uh, choose a band name, he he lobbied for that. He pushed for the band to be called Pears. Nice on that front. So. Yeah, there you go. There's the reason that they are called pears because he was tripping, man. <laughs> and there you go. There is a go to prison. That is one of the uh, one of the best punk rock releases to have come out in the last in the last ten years. I still think it holds up, and I still think Green Star holds up to that same degree, if not better. Awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, there is pears. Like I said, they got a lot more. Uh, <laughs> Uh, really off the wall tracks for both their albums, and if you're into the more serene version, check out their self-titled as well. Everything they've released is uh, it's them. It is them. They're not trying to be someone else. They are pairs. Awesome. Well, we're about to the interview, but before we get there, we're gonna play uh, a couple bands that John's gonna talk about in the interview. Uh, bands that have releases on American Records. Or were assisted in recording, and John's going to go into all of that, so I'm not going to give any more away on the interview. You'll just have to listen. Mm -hmm. We're going to play two tracks now, and we're going to play one more track following the interview. So first, we're going to get into the band Lean 13. We have played them. They released their newest release on American Records, which is called The Higher the Socks, The Downer the Foo, and that came out September 4th. We played a track off of it back in September. Mm -hmm. uh, it was awesome. We're going to play a different track on this episode called Loaded Gun. If for some reason you didn't check out that episode, well, the band Lean 13 is also from Las Vegas, like the label Americant Records and Soldiers of Destruction, all from Las Vegas. So off of Americant Records and the new album, The Higher the Socks, the Down to the Foo, Lean 13 is going to bring us the track Loaded Gun. Self-mutilation is the way I cope with life Family's attention that 
That Lean 13 loaded gun. What a cool track. Super cool. Feels like old school hardcore in certain parts. Right. Loaded gun to my head. Right. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, great album. Always happy to play more off of that one. Go check out that band from Las Vegas. If you hadn't already, because we've already played that band. Uh, another one. Uh, with assistance from Americant Records. I don't know if it was officially released there, but I believe the recording. And you'll you'll hear in the interview. Uh, about yes, all we, the will stuff. Get, we will have a fact checker by the name of John Feeney, who yes. is also the founder and creator and uh, really the only person running Americant Records. Well, okay, he's not the only person, right. but he, <laughs> is gonna the, say. he is the person who is behind the scenes. Yes. Is the reason that it exists and all these bands. The have recording records. portion, yes. The <laughs> recording portion for sure. Uh, the band Ghostwood Murder, they're out of northern Arizona. They formed as a band in July of 2020. And about six months later, excuse me, six months later, they released their first EP called The Ghostwood Murder EP, which came out February 26th of 2021, so almost a year ago. We're, we're not quite at a year, but almost a year ago. And we're going to play a track off of there. So from Ghostwood Murder, off of the Ghostwood Murder EP, we're going to play Ghost of Sportsman's. Uh, after this, immediately after this track, you will have the interview with Eric, I, and John of mm. Americant Records. So before we get there, uh, we're going to listen to this track, and you'll get an explanation of this band, Lean 13, and the band that we play after the interview, all during the interview. So here we go. <laughs>
And we are now here with the lovely John Feeney, the drummer for Soldiers of Destruction and representative of Americant Records, on which that album have been released. How are you doing, John? Good. I didn't know I was a lovely person, though, but uh, thank you, man. You're doing very well. <laughs> well, now you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on, you guys. Yeah, of course. The pleasure's all ours. So you guys have this uh, new label founded based out of uh, Las Vegas, correct? Correct, yeah. I guess give us a bit of a yeah, give us a bit of an abridged history on the the founding of that label. It's funny because it's actually yeah, it's it's a lot older than that, which is funny. I started American Records back in around 2012 when I was living in Arizona and I'm a recording major. So we started running my own studio and then I partnered with uh, one of my friends who is just like a punk rock guru has a million records. And um, we just started recording bands for free and putting out their music, right? And then we'd throw shows and, and stuff like that. So um, it, it really was like a DIY underground thing back in the day. And then uh, I had to move to Las Vegas for work and um, didn't really do much with it. Um, other than a, a couple of bands, um, that I just you know, released on my own and, and just did it by myself. Um, but you know, when we started up soldiers of destruction, uh, Morat, he goes, calls me one day and he goes, Hey, you know, would you fancy giving this an actual try? You know, would you want to turn this into a real label? Um, and I said, yeah, I've always wanted to do that, you know? Um, so it's, it's kind of cool to have, um, a partner who's serious about it with you. Um, that's able to put out records and, um, you know, have a web designer, you know, his, his wife, Masumi is also, um, our web designer and manager. So she helps us with all that stuff as well. Um, she does graphic design, um, and, and Moret's uh, a professional photographer, uh, and author and writer. So yeah. he's been writing for Kerrang magazine for shit, 25 years. Wow. Whoa. Um, so we make a really good team. Everyone brings something to the table, you know? That's awesome. I mean, I knew that Morat was a, uh, he was a writer. I saw that one of his books is available online for purchase, but I had no idea about the, uh, about photography as well as, uh, as well as that shit with Kerrang. And for as long as he has, that's pretty amazing. Oh yeah. Um, some of the earlier like rancid photos you'd see were taken by him and prodigy and, and all that kind of stuff. So he's pretty talented and he went on the road with bands for years, you know? I guess that's one way of uh, keeping in line with the uh, uh, with not just the punk rock scene, but I guess multiple because you know, Kerrang is like a you know it just basically dips into most any genre related to rock. Yeah, I mean it's like you know the UK's version of Rolling Stone, but also more geared towards like the alternative side of things. Yeah, it's pretty cool, um, and it's nice to be to be able to do it. You know, I I think uh, we we had. Uh, explored some management opportunities for soldiers of destruction before we released the album. And, uh, we got a bunch of offers. Um, but you know, they wanted like the rights to music for 10 years. They wanted, you know, uh, percentages of merch and show pay and all this stuff, but there wasn't really anything in it for us. So we just decided, you know, we're going to make this official. We're just going to start it and do it ourselves because we can, uh, record labels aren't really doing a whole lot for anyone these days, you know? Yeah, that's true. I, I remember specifically uh, from the interview we did with you guys, Morat just talking about, yeah, we can we can make the label, so that way we don't owe anybody anything. Yeah, seriously. And, and that's the biggest part, you know, you have to pay back a budget. And it's funny because, you know, 
most labels will give you a budget to go into the studio that what you have to pay back. For me, I see it as an opportunity like, well, I could spend a little bit of money on some gear and uh, do it on my own. I've been collecting gear and stuff for 10 years, maybe longer, you know, and I used to work in a professional studio in, in Los Angeles called Glenwood Place. And we recorded everyone there from Gnarls Barkley to Britney Spears to the Black Keys, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire. So I've assisted on a lot of these sessions and I was like, why not? You know, I could totally do it. Yeah. I mean, you get firsthand experience with some of the uh, top tiers in, uh, yeah, in popular music. That's pretty good. Yeah, but see, it was never anything I wanted to work on. You know, I, w- <laughs> I didn't really want to work on pop music. Oh, yeah. I don't blame so. you. <laughs> I know, but getting yeah. the at so, least getting the field work in, you at least had that. So it's like, okay, now we'll just poach all that information and all that knowledge, and boom, I'm gonna apply it to something I actually give a shit about. Yeah, you know, and I took music business in in recording school because it was part of the curriculum. So it was pretty cool. You know, we have some of the know how to, you know, know what's a good deal, what's not a good deal, how to write a contract, what to look for, you know. All that kind of stuff. But I'm not a lawyer, you know. There's <laughs> contracts that are the size of a Bible, essentially, uh, that you have to read through. Oh, yeah, with all those little uh, so. colored bookmarks at the end of, end of the pages. It's like, sign here and here and here. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you hear about so many people getting screwed over. So uh, uh, we just definitely wanted to do it ourselves. So it's got that DIY ethos that comes along with punk rock. Well, you know, it's, it's just a perfect storm. When you got the uh, label started, but when you got it going, like, rolling officially – um, what was the plan of attack, at least as far as, uh, what bands to include in the label? Is it going to be like, I guess, how inclusive is it going to be? So it's, it's not going to be very inclusive. I mean, obviously we want to sign bands that we like. We want to sign bands that, uh, have more of a different sound that are aggressive. Um, you know, we're not really going to be putting out like punk, like say fat records would, uh, we definitely want to stick with more of that street punk or hardcore sound. But there are some releases that we're going to do like I, that I'm just putting out for people because uh, I like them. You know, it's not an official agreement or anything like that. I'm still going to stick with some of the old school thought that I had is like, hey, this band's cool. I'm going to help them out and record them and get their name out there. So um, there's a band that we're looking at from England right now, but we're not really going to say anything because nothing's official. Uh, but we got some stuff coming up with that, hopefully, if uh, everything works out there. So, yeah, as long as you're like a punk, hardcore, street punk, oi, anything like that, uh, and you're not a dick, uh, and you play well, <laughs> uh, we'll put your record out, you know? <laughs> I guess that's the first line that you got to watch out for. Don't be a dick. Yeah. If you're a dick, you're not going to get included. Yeah, seriously. Maybe include that in the contract as well. <laughs> yeah, that's the first line, actually. Yes. <laughs> No, if I'm just kidding. It, if at any point you decide that you're going to go that route, it'll nullify <laughs> the contract. I mean, I guess like, you know, it, it's pretty cool. And we collaborate with some other labels too, um, you know, so it's not like a competition to us. Like we just teamed up with I Am Records, um, which is Adam Baum from The Faction. And he is on the board of directors for Punk Rock Saves Lives. Have you guys ever heard of that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, so he's he's a really cool guy. Uh, he plays in Suburban Resistance as well. And he's got an online record store, and he, he puts records out for bands and stuff like that too. So um, we're doing the Punk Rock Saves, Vi- uh, Saves Lives uh, album two, uh, the compilation. 
which is cool because it, it benefits, you know, uh, a fundraiser. So all the sales of that album go to Punk Rock Saves Lives, which they help people with their mental health. They help find donors for people that need like bone marrow. You know, I think Justin Sane from Anti-Flag is also like one of the board directors. So it's a really cool like organization. Um, so we're teaming up with them. Like that second compilation has like Less Than Jake and Cox Bearer and the Bridge City Sinners on it, you know, and, and us. Um, so and, and a lot of the tracks are unreleased from these bands. So like Dead to Me's got a brand new track on there that's not going to be on anything else other than that. So it's nice. it's pretty rare. And I think it's limited to a thousand copies. Wow. That means get out and act, people. Get get your copy before they're gone because once they're gone, right? Yeah, they're only going to do a thousand. Um, and it's a 180 gram vinyl. So it's it's really quite good quality. And I, I believe the website is IamRecordStore.com. You could pick it up at. Is that the letters I and M or is it I am like a A-M? Uh, like I am as in Mary. Okay. So IamRecordStore.com. Yeah. Okay. There you go for verification, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's been fun, you know, uh, doing that stuff. And, uh, you know, we, we put out even some – some other stuff like I recorded this band from uh, Arizona called the Ghostwood Murder, and they're kind of like a folky like punk band uh, in a way. With some like they have a, uh, a violin player and they play like accordion in some of their songs, and they had this banjolele. Like I didn't even know what the fuck that instrument was, you know. <laughs> I don't know. What that <laughs> so is it's kind of all over the place. <laughs> but you know, there, there's some friends of mine, um, so putting them out, and then. Uh, do this band called the Bull Boys, which is also a member of Lean 13, uh, my buddy Carlos. Um, they're kind of like a street fight song kind of band. Um, so they're, they're coming back in. Um, and I can send you some tracks from them. We did like a little EP with them last year. Um, so I think we're going to probably hopefully help them with uh, some of the recordings and stuff like that on the, the new stuff. But I definitely think you guys would like it. I think we would too. That is definitely what we're into. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's kind of cool. So they, they actually do a cover of thank you for being a friend before Betty White passed away and it's all like punked out. It's fucking amazing, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. They yeah. tribute before the greats pass away. <laughs> It could have been like a fucking jinx. Who knows, dude? But um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was some good shit. And then I'm working on a side project right now with a buddy, kind of some like horror punk stuff from another local band out here. So we're just kind of collaborating on this like project. We're probably going to do an EP and put that as well. It's called uh, Damned by the Night. And uh, it's just about some spooky monster shit, you know, um, that's played fast and has a little bit of Psycho Billy feel to it. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Oh, yeah, we play yeah. that too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially especially during uh, Halloween season, <laughs> play our little festive tracks, and we usually keep coming back around to uh, Psychobilly because we don't want to keep repeating the Misfits, you know, <laughs> or Blitz Kid, or uh, yeah, Project Nineteen Fifty. <laughs> uh, oh God, <laughs> like to pretend that doesn't exist. <laughs> that yeah, I mean, some of the stuff is okay. But I do like their Monster Bash cover, but, oh, man, I got to be careful with it. (laughs) Yeah, that's the only good song on that record, if you ask me. But, hey, (laughs) you didn't. (laughs) At best, it's forgettable. (laughs) We got some, uh, hopefully, some some UK shit coming up. Um, We're supposed to go over there soon. I I don't know with this whole corona shit if that's going to happen. How's how's Utah treating you guys? What's, What's new up there? 
Well, there was a... Uh, they did instigate a uh, mandate just this month, but they ended it prematurely, actually. Mask mandate. Yeah, a mask mandate. Uh, the, mm. so there's two counties uh, up near where we are, and it's Salt Lake County, which is probably the most population, and then one that Park City, if you're familiar with Park City, sits in Summit County, had instituted a mask mandate for 30 days, but the state legislature squashed that and said, no, you cannot do mask mandates. Uh, that was in effect for maybe a week or two weeks, somewhere in that range. It was it was between like two to three weeks. Okay, because nah, closer to two actually. It was because it was supposed to be done uh, like within the first week of within the first week of February, but everyone was just like, nah, we're not gonna worry about it. So now it's more or less up to individual businesses to. Uh, uh, to enforce the mask mandate on either their employees or the people coming in and out of their uh, out of their business vicinity. But yeah, right now it's just coming down to personal choice, and sometimes I wear it, sometimes I don't. Really, kind of depends. Uh, otherwise, right. I think things are yeah. I mean, mellow here in Utah. So all things considered, you know, compared to a lot of other places in the U.S. and for sure in the world, I think Utah's fairly okay you know so you know people getting sick but that is the nature of viruses especially highly contagious ones people uh unless you want to hide in your house and hopefully you have food storage for years there's a possibility you're gonna get it because that's just how viruses work yeah i had it in december man like right before christmas me too and uh yeah (laughs) me too i thought (laughs) it's been a year and a half it's been like a year and nine months probably at that point because i got it right after thanksgiving it's about the first two weeks of december and I thought at that point, like, man, I guess I, maybe I'm just not going to get it. Or if I had it previously, I was asymptomatic like so many other people are. But me. nope, I ended up getting it. And uh, I was sick, but it was mild. For me, it was mild. I described it as mild but persistent. Like when I'd get sick with a cold or a flu before, two to three days, you know, throwing up, headaches, fevers and shit like that. But they come and they go with, with COVID. It was just persistent. It wasn't terrible, but it just didn't want to go away for almost two weeks. Yeah. That's the same thing I had. And and like I had the worst was like the headache. And then like for two days, I just like really didn't get out of bed. So yeah, I was down for a while and I actually was kind of happy that I got it. Uh, because again, like you, I don't know if, if I had asymptomatic case or, you know, I, I, now I feel like I got the super immunity, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, bringing things back to music it's just it just kind of sucks because things are so unknown like you know madness was supposed to come out here and stuff like that and they canceled for covid and that was i think probably a big one for punk rock bowling postponing and you know all that kind of stuff and it's like well you know you got you got a bunch of releases coming out you really want to release them if you can't sell them you know the biggest way to sell music these days is at a concert right because online sales are online sales and you don't get paid shit for streaming as a label or a band, you know, Spotify, it's like you need 1,200 streams to make a fucking dollar. So wow. the money's in records, vinyl, CDs, T-shirts, stickers, panties, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just kind of it's kind of shitty. It yeah. is, and that um, that does suck. I just remember uh, Bandcamp uh, introducing the uh, the first Friday of every month. You know, we don't take a cut from. Uh, uh, from whatever sales and downloads for whatever artist, you know, so 
we just throw them a bone and they were doing that mostly because of the virus but now that the virus is uh i don't know kind of in limbo right now they're still pushing for it they're still gonna they're just gonna make that a permanent thing and i'm like well that's awesome of them i got the email today so starting next week on friday uh they'll be bringing that back like you were mentioning and uh over the 17 fridays from dating back to March 2020, those 17 Fridays, according to Bandcamp, they fans bought $70 million worth of music and merchandise on those Fridays. Whoa. Wow. I respect that. You know, like you said, Dustin, pop music, that shit's, I mean, yeah, you like pop music, sure. Everybody's allowed to like whatever they like, right? Right, right. But the problem I have with people and pop music is that those songs aren't number one because... People are fucking listening to them. The charts are paid off to have right. those songs put there. Right. You know, you think fucking people listen to Six Nine for the first time and thought he was fucking great? No, <laughs> like neither the third time, you know, <laughs> or the fortieth time. Another reason as to why DIYs is, is is epic, you know, um, and just the fuck you attitude to even the music industry because it's the most cutthroat industry out there. Besides, I don't know animal agriculture or some shit it's just <laughs> fucked you know i i just you know it's 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 never ran in a way that's ethical whatsoever and uh it's just you got to do things your way and you know again spotify and and uh, itunes and deezer and title and all these places like they they find a way not to pay you to get listeners and ads and they get paid on the back end, you know? So that's why I really do appreciate Bandcamp because they give you almost everything of what you sell. So yeah, it's great. Right. I always look to Bandcamp first for everything and always try to push. Cause I, I know that that's gotta be one of the best options for the bands. Plus I think it's just a, a really easy way to be able to listen to your music. You know, you can support mm-hmm. the bands. Plus once you've purchased it, you can listen to it. Just like if you had any other streaming service, you have the app, on your phone and you just select the music that you've already purchased and you can listen to it just like if you were, you know, if you had Spotify or um, Apple Music or whatever else. You could stream all the stuff yeah. that you did purchase just as easily as the other streaming things. I mean, that's why, uh, you, you know, vinyl, I love vinyl, but unfortunately I've never seen a successful record player put into a vehicle, right? And and trying to switch from side A to side B or from one to the other would be really tedious in traffic. So that's just not a successful means to listen to your records. So having your music digitally in some form or fashion is, for me, it's a must because there's no way I'm going to ride in my car without music playing. And I, I think I heard Tim Armstrong and Lars Fredrickson talk one time way back when Tim Armstrong was doing uh, like a 30-minute show per week on... Uh, faction serious satellite radio that's way back when i used to listen to it anyway the point <laughs> is, is they were talking and when they would record music you know even if it's like the rough draft what they would do is go put it in the car and then drive and listen to it in the car that way you know you have your difference of listening to it in a studio or listening to it you know for some people maybe at home but it has that different uh, sound for some people when you're driving around in the car and that's just you know having your music in some digital form for that convenience is definitely a, a must and so uh, i like that Bandcamp gives you that ability to uh, purchase and support the bands but at the same time i can f- use that as a function of listening to my music that way as well it's like buying a cassette or a cd 
Right, <laughs> except for good luck getting a cassette player. You have to buy that yourself and have that installed in your car. <laughs> I know. They don't come that way anymore. <laughs> it's weird, man. I, I even seen like this band. I don't know if you ever heard of the band called the Jasons, but yes, uh, they actually put out eight tracks. I'm like, who the fuck is going to buy that? Really? You know, but they're a good band. I just don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why they decided to put out an eight track. But uh, no, like you were saying, man, it's interesting. And to kind of piggyback of what you're saying, like the industry has been disrupted since around 2006 to, two, you know, 2006 around there, I'd say, where studios had to lower their rates because of everyone doing everything at home, kind of like what we're doing. So, and everyone's getting their music either for free. Uh, you know, through YouTube music or they're just, you know, signing up for a free Spotify account and dealing with the ads and not having to choose of, you know, what uh, order they can play the songs in, I think, as one of the features of not having an account or a, the paid account. But vinyl is actually coming back. The funny thing is we're looking at getting uh, Cause and Effect, the Soldier's album, pressed on, on vinyl. The problem is um, if you submit a request now, you're you're going to wait until, you know, the end of the year to get it done because like people like uh fucking Taylor Swift and uh Miley Cyrus and all these other fuckers are coming out with their uh, albums on vinyl now and they're high paying clients with high volume and they're pushing everyone else out of the way for smaller people like us, you know. So it's harder to get uh your media out there in a, in a physical format, so uh, something like vinyl. You know, CDs don't last very long. Vinyl's great because it'll last a really long time. Tapes don't last that long, you know. So vinyl really is like the truest form of uh, physical media you can get at the moment. Right, and with vinyl, it has that sound, you know, that softer, mm. softer edge to whatever you're listening to compared to if you listen to it digitally. If you listen to an MP3 compared to a CD, it's going to sound very similar. And then I think that with so many bands, the artwork that they've put in for the, the cover and even inserts, back cover, whatever, but absolutely with the covers that, you know, that's like poster quality stuff. And so for me, there, there's so much that goes into collecting the vinyl where, you, you know, because of its quality and not just the sound like you, you described, but all the other things that you're not going to get. When it's vinyl, yes, I want to get the vinyl. I want to have the vinyl. I want to listen to my vinyl when I can. And the artwork, you know, in a lot of cases, doesn't even do the justice on a CD. You know, the Pearl Jam 10 covers, a, a great example mm. of, you know, I always use that as an example. But you see the CD cover, and it's just like the hands reaching up. But then when you actually see the album, the, the LP the the record yeah you actually see everybody's bodies all reaching up you know <laughs> so there's so much that's not even included on the actual album art not that I have that Pearl Jam record but that's just something that I came across it yes absolutely the big thing for me is credits you know I like to to read the credits who recorded it who mixed it who mastered it you know uh, things like that who guessed it on it um, or what have you right um, but you're you're 100 percent right and. You know, the funny thing is about, you know, having a label and, and having bands uh, to work with is that only musicians or audiophiles like yourselves appreciate that kind of stuff. Your average person doesn't really because if you pull up, you know, uh, anything from American or any other label um, on Apple Music or Spotify, it doesn't tell you any of those credits or you see a little thumbnail of the artwork, you know. Right. Uh, and there's no – you can upload the lyrics and stuff too, but um, – I don't know. People just don't appreciate that anymore. And, you know, uh, that's why 
we got just got to keep moving forward and keep producing music and keep putting it out there. If we don't, then the underground punk scene's not going to be around for a long time. Right. You know, uh, there was this uh, sort of quote. I'm uh, not going to quote it. I'm going to paraphrase. But in a, it was from uh, John Joseph's autobiography, and he was talking about how when he was on tour, he would. Uh, uh, he was on tour with the Bad Brains, and he would uh, make meals for them every night. And he was talking about how a home-cooked meal is better than getting a fast-food meal because you're putting your energy into that one, so everyone is consuming the energy that you put into it via the food. So I'm like, that is a, that is a wonderful take. And I kind of... Uh, I apply that to when it comes to uh, making and creating an album. You know, when you hear, when you have the physical copy in front of you, you're in a way you're holding all the energy and the effort that the everyone involved with the making of this. You just are holding all of it right in your hands, and you could you can grasp their passion behind it a little bit better rather than just hit and play. On your phone. Yeah. <laughs> no, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's actually from Evolution of a Crow Magnon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. L- little funny fact, uh, John Joseph's actually my discipline discipline coach. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw yeah, him. Yeah, so I took, I took some of his classes that. and shit. Yeah, he's he's awesome, dude. Um, he's a little crazy right now. I don't know what the hell is his problem about, you know, like, he's just far right wing anti-vaxxer fucking weirdo now but like yeah yeah that was an interesting book I, I read all three of his books actually meets for pussies and the pma effect which he inherited from bad brains you know um mm-hmm. from from hr but i i couldn't agree with what you said more man you know just the love and the effort that go into it versus someone just setting up a fucking MIDI controller and producing beats on their computer. Like some of these artists out there, their, their music doesn't leave their computer. All the files and samples were recorded somewhere else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. At another studio or it's a synth that's generated by logic or pro tools or, you know, any of these other DAW audio workstations that people are using. And, And that to me is fake as shit. Um, yeah. so when we record, when I record an album, everything is done live. It's a live kick drum. It's a live snare drum. It's all done at the same time, you know, drums, um, and guitars and, and bass. It's all real. It all came from my studio. It all, all generated from one person, you know, whether it's them strumming their strings or hitting a snare drum or whatever it generated from a human being. Yeah. And that's the other thing that's a, that's a tangible of all that. It's the, it's the uniqueness behind it. It's like, yeah, we created it this way and this is our way. And the idea is to not have it sound like anybody else because we are not them. We are us. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I'm fine with working with producers and stuff as long as they're bringing good feedback to the table, you know, but I never put auto tune on any of my records unless like someone's like super adamant about it. Uh, I'm probably not taking them on the label regardless, but uh, <laughs> probably just doing this work for hire, you know, like Steve Albini, he he gets paid like he's a plumber uh, when he records <laughs> bands, you know, like I, in utero, I think he got paid like a hundred grand for doing that record and he took no points on it, which was a stupid fucking move. But you know, <laughs> just get paid by the hour to do it. But other than that, I won't fucking touch auto tune or anything like that. Again, just anything that's making it sound like a making it just sound like it's a bunch of ones and zeros. Yeah, I mean it is anyway. But you know, but um, 
I don't know, man. We got some cool stuff coming up, though. We got some stuff we can't talk about, but uh, it's going to be a worldwide release, probably on vinyl, CD, MP3, everything. Uh, that should hopefully be coming out this year, but I can't really name drop it yet because I had to sign an agreement. So <laughs> <laughs> be on the lookout for that. And then, yeah, you know, and then hopefully uh, SOD will be going over to uh, the UK um, is if things calm down. And we got a couple more bands that we're putting out this year. Like, again, that band from the UK, hopefully, uh, will put out their record. Uh, but that's still kind of in talks right now. But, uh, you know, it's it's cool to uh, be able to, to launch something and have some really solid backing and bands to work with. You know what I mean? Stuff that fits the bill. Um in in one genre you know hopefully in the next couple of years what you'll see come from our label is that we'll have uh everyone uh be in the the same genre and it could be like a one-stop shop for a lot of people that like you know purchasing from labels like if you go to uh, epitaph.com it's kind of like you got to sort through all this weird like poppy shit now Back in the day, it could have been just like, you know, uh, Bad Religion and uh, No Effects and stuff that maybe had a release or two on there. But, you know, you can go to Fat Records and like most of the bands you're going to like on there. You go to Epitaph now, it's like, I don't know, Motionless and White is signed to Epitaph. It's like, <laughs> God damn, I, you know, I can't can't trust what they're putting out anymore, you know, or a subsidiary <laughs> like Hellcat. You know, usually they put out some great stuff and you can pretty much rely on every release being good. You know what I mean? So that yeah. that's our goal is just to be a solid label, put out some quality records, you know. I guess on that same coin, yeah, you're hintedy hint hinting at some of the new stuff that's going to be uh, coming out and giving some, uh, yeah, especially doing work uh, from bands overseas. Uh, but what about the bands that you have uh, signed now, the ones who have, have releases? What are some ones that you want to single out and just give a – just give a shout out to. Well, I mean, the Lean 13 record, I think you guys might have checked it out. Uh, their newest one that came out in September. Uh, that one, I, you know, I can listen to that all the way through. I think it's great. It's called uh, The Higher the Socks, The Downer the Foo. Um, <laughs> so they're kind of like a suicidal tendencies, uh, definitely Hispanic punk band. Um, but, uh, (laughs) you know, that, that, that's also awesome. And I guess the same, and that is like, dude, if you have the highest socks wins, man, you know, that, that guy's like a straight essay fucking, uh, badass. Yeah. I probably got a OE and a fucking gat in the fucking, uh, glove box. Uh, (laughs) but yeah, so everything, everything else, that's great. We're going to do another video for those guys. We, we just came out with a video, for their song called COVID. Um, unfortunately, uh, they wrote that song because one of the guitar players' uh, fathers passed away from COVID. So we did like a little ode to him at the end of that video. Unfortunately, the fucked up algorithms that Facebook has and Instagram has, uh, they won't like really let it out. You post it, it's like they hide it on purpose because of the word COVID, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Same so, thing with the word vaccination, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we did another video for them for their cover of John Lennon's Working Class Hero. That was good, but that was just some live footage kind of thrown together. Um, but we're going to do another video for, for Lean 13 to kind of sum up, you know, three videos on the records. Probably going to be uh, one of two songs right now. We're not actually sure which one's going to come out. And then I just put the Talking Bombs record called Super intense lullaby that that was a that was a pretty solid release uh from those guys 
it took us probably about six months because they're from out of town to do. But, you know, they're not officially signed on the label. We just kind of helped them out and put that record up for them. So, yeah, that's what's coming out. And then we got, uh, hopefully, like I said, that, that next band we're walking on, kind of our roster right now. And definitely looking forward to those that cannot be named. Not to yes. be mistaken with uh, he who cannot be named. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely keep you informed on that one. But uh, I'm going to give you some of the Boulevard Bullies stuff. This is a band that I'm working with coming up in March here. They already have an EP out. Uh, I want to say it was called Hold Fast. So it's a quick banger, six songs. Where can we find American Records? So uh, obviously we talked about some of the releases that people can go check out now from uh, Soldier of Destruction, Lean 13, and uh, anything else that you're associated with. And then they need to stay in touch, you know, find out when the new bands, the those that cannot be named yet bands are going to be released. Because obviously, if you're doing something that's a worldwide release, that's going to be something that people want to pay attention to. So where can people pay attention to what you're doing with American Records? Uh, so mainly right now, you can find our Facebook page. It's just Facebook dot com American records and then we have a website that's uh in process of being created at the moment it's just American records.com um so you can go there uh there's not much content on there yet because we're still trying to figure out you know how we want to design it and everything like that so that'll be up and running shortly uh and then you can find us on instagram as well at americant.records is the handle name oh, and then also you can buy um some merch edley.com always happy to support the underground independent labels because they're the ones that are making it they're making it happen they have been making it happen for decades now and as you stated earlier yeah, they're the ones yeah. that are keeping the the punk scene alive yeah who are some of your favorite labels man just i'm curious uh, let's see for me let's see the ones that i respect the most in uh labels past i have to give it to uh yeah i have to give it to sst because that was kind of the blueprint <laughs> You know, it's the it's the base of all things. I mean, uh, Greg Ki- Greg Ginn flew a little too close to Mars, and I guess hasn't come back. But we'll <laughs> say that on the on that same coin, I gotta give it to uh, Discord. And yeah, I have a kind of weird relationship on uh, Epitaph. For one, I do respect that they ch- that they are kind of uh, changing along with the times, or kind of. Uh, uh, keeping in touch with what the youth is into nowadays, which I guess kind of was the same thing with Warp Tour, which uh, brought all those uh, different bands on there just to like, because this is, uh, we're trying to keep in touch with the youth. If this is what the youth is listening to, well, okay, let's bring them on their label, and hopefully they go and uh, search a little bit more and see what else we put out. So, yeah, for better or for worse, it's just a... Uh, they're just running the way that labels are supposed to run, I guess, or how they think they are. And yeah, I can't really remember the names of certain labels. I'll run down a few just uh, bands or labels that seem to be, you know, some newer labels as well, like Damn It Records out of the UK has been putting out some stuff in the last year, and we've been playing a bunch from them. Uh, Irish Voodoo Records in the last couple of years have been putting out a lot of stuff. They're from here in the US, I believe. Yeah, that's the one, Irish Voodoo. Yeah, I got some. I got some good friends of mine signed. Yeah, to that I've heard one. of them. Grimace Records has been putting out some stuff. Yeah, they're they're, they're a good label. Uh, who else? Uh, several like Eight Up Records had been putting out some some stuff. I'm not sure if they put out anything too recent, but there's uh, a lot of great uh, European labels like Tough Ain't Enough Records, Common People Records, UVPR is a good one. That's uh, a bunch of French words. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Steel Town Records. Oh yeah, Steel Randale Town. Records, uh, Contra, Rebellion. You know, a bunch of those labels like that uh, put out a lot of music. That that's a lot of stuff that I have been checking out. Violated Records uh, here in the U.S. I think those are a lot of the ones that I have been listening to that are coming to my mind at least right now. Yeah. Also, a couple others should came ask to you my what mind. labels you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> a couple others that came to my mind. I love, uh, I love Death Wish. I love what they've been doing. I love getting all the, uh, having put, having to put all the heavy music out into uh, into basically the forefront. And yeah, kind of riding off the backs of the whole uh, metalcore wave that was just sweeping throughout the nation. <laughs> and yeah, they're the reason that it's like a. A lot of those bands are still happening and still moving, uh, still moving forward now. And also, I gotta gotta give some shout out to New Age. New Age has got so yeah. many versatile hardcore bands on there. I also have, and I have some. Uh, some of our locals are signed to both of those records. Uh, our band Cult Leader, they were signed to Death Wish. They've been signed to them for got like uh, six, seven years now, and. Oh, and wow. the other band, Crow Killer, they've been they've been signed to New Age for uh, just about three years. Oh, cool, man! That's great. Yeah, there's a cool um, label out of Las Vegas here. My friend Cody runs called Asteroid M Records, and uh, they have an eclectic assortment of genres on their label. But uh, they're definitely worth checking out. Mainly punk, um, but they do some surf stuff and, and whatnot. So they're pretty good. You know, if you guys ever get a chance. Absolutely. I, I've talked with Cody. We've played some bands from Asteroid M Records and over on Punkanoi Worldwide, the other podcast I do, uh, I will be doing a another label feature. I did one that featured a couple labels and uh, just played some tracks off of there. Damn It Records was one of the labels that was on that episode. But on the next one that I do for uh, label features will include Asteroid M. I already have a handful of bands picked out from there. So, yes, that is a great one. And one I forgot to mention, Rotten Bastard Records. Just in the last oh, couple months, yeah. we've played a bunch of stuff from them. They're out of New York and a bunch of New York bands. So, yes, absolutely, uh, Asteroid M Records is on that list as well. Hell yeah, man. Well, you know, I uh, I just really appreciate what you guys do for your community and for the scene, uh, you know, us and worldwide i think you guys are awesome and uh i just would keep doing what you do man we need people like you to to keep the fight alive and uh keep punk rock from not being dead right <laughs> oh it'll it'll never die yeah it's the, too strong the musical alternative is not worth uh it's not worth it everybody so keep the fight alive <laughs> <laughs> right but uh, but on that we appreciate we appreciate you. We appreciate people like you doing what you're doing, uh, staying, staying true to the base of what, of what punk is, uh, of where punk is standing, and that is the DIY prospects. Yeah, hundred percent, man. You guys could do a whole episode on what people think punk means, and I'm sure you'll get a different answer from everyone. Oh, right. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Th- yeah. Part one. It's a three-hour-long episode. <laughs> No shit. <laughs> yeah, man, that's the that's the crazy thing. As long as it's been around, the uh, the idea of it and the idea of what people think that it means to them, it's just so. Oh my god, it's an ever expanding web. It's its own universe. Yeah, really, and every subgenre that comes along with it. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. but that's what makes it so interesting. You could just uh, 
look in one direction, go down that direction, and you just have no idea where it's going to take you. Yeah, and it helps to rely on people to, you know, work together. That's the one thing that, you know, in business, people try to snuff out their competitors, right? But uh, I found that working and collaborating with people is the only way to advance the movement. So... That's what we're going to continue to do. That's part of our playbook, and we're just going to keep doing that. Well, you keep doing that, and we appreciate you joining us on the show. I think we're going to get into some more music from Americant Records. So uh, thank you, and we definitely look forward to checking out uh, whatever you're able to put out during this year or thereabouts. Cool, man. Thanks. I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you so much, John. We appreciate it. track is fighting for tomorrow and it is coming at us off of the release uh, stand fast which was an ep they released on december 25th of 2020 they're also from las vegas uh thank you again to john of american records and soldiers of destruction for joining us for that awesome interview and get to check out some bands that he has recorded and the label has released so I hope you enjoyed those. Go check out those three bands, Lean 13, Ghostwood Murder, Boulevard Bullies, three good ones. Again, that last release was called Stand Fast. Yeah. And that Ghostwood Murders, I, I remember he was saying like it was kind of a uh, standout band as it was more on the folk side. And yeah, I mean, you guys heard it and it sounds very, uh, 
I don't know what the what the type of music would be, but it's it's soulful. It's very soulful. Right. It reminds me of the singer who did the uh uh who does the the Kill Bill song. He uh, shot me down, bang bang, I hit the ground, bang bang. It kind of sounds like a punk rock version of that. Right. At least uh, at least as far as the mood and atmosphere goes, it's just uh, brought up to that little uh you know, that folksy western twangy type shit that Alternative that you folk. Can hear in there. Yeah, alternative folk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not quite Days and Days, not quite Frank Turner, but somewhere in the middle there. <laughs> right? That's awesome. Uh, again, go check out Americant Records and go check out their releases. And we're definitely looking forward to upcoming releases, as John alluded. A band in the UK potentially coming mm-hmm. up. None of us know who it is yet, but we'll definitely be on the lookout for. Whom it is, when it happens. Yep. And I, he didn't even tell us off the record. We nope. Did, <laughs> we know nothing. <laughs> that's how That's how tight-knit it really is. We don't know. He knows. And you guys won't know until we do, I guess. Right? <laughs> Same time, know. man. Same time. Yeah. I don't know. He might send us a track or two. It's just like, hey, remember that UK band? Well... Here's some new tracks for them. Play whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> We're looking forward to that when It'd it happens. It'd be awesome. <laughs> It'd be awesome. I mean, he sent me the uh, uh, the Talking Bombs track a day before it was released. Not even a track, the whole album. Which is cool. It was a good album. Yeah. Uh, just many things for which to thank John. Mr. John Feeney, the lovely, talented man lovely. behind American American <laughs> Records. Right. Yes, he is a lovely man. So... Thank you, John. Thank you for that wonderful and interesting interview. Well, let's wrap up the show as we do with some non-punk tracks. As per usual, Eric and I are in different directions nowadays. Eric going metal. Oh, yes, metal. Yeah, not just uh, metal, I'm Metallica. Oh, God, that was really forced. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, it it wasn't my original uh, choice for this week, as as I did have a a hip-hop song, which is now pushed back back by a couple of episodes. But the reason I went to... Yeah, the reason I went through uh, Metallica, I did have this song planned out, but not for a couple of weeks. The fact is that Metallica was signed to a label which we know as Megaforce Records. They were the ones that really put them on on the map, so to speak. And yes, the uh, co-founder of Megaforce, one Marsha Zazula, he died of cancer just a few days ago. Oh, that's too bad. A few days ago. I mean, a lot of a few days ago. It was January 10th. Uh, in uh, 2021. A, a little less than a month. Yeah. But Instead of 2021? Yeah, 2020. No, 2021. Did I just say that? Ah, sorry. That was the... Yeah, that was uh, Marsha Zazula, the co-founder of Megaforce Records. He died of cancer January 10th, 2021. But her husband, John, died a year later. Okay, there we go. Okay. <laughs> sorry, that I was getting sense. the dates mixed up. It was like... Wait a minute, Loudwire was uh, posting this, Metal Injection was posting this, this week. Is this, uh, is this one of those things like, uh, how, when rapper MF Doom kicked the bucket in 2020, but they didn't release that news until, like, a couple months after the fact? Oh, wow. It was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, but that's not the case here. Yes, the, 
The founders of Megaforce Records have died within the span of a year. And yeah, I figure what I figure that since I already had a song chosen from a band that was signed to him that everybody knows, every fucking buddy knows them. And Megaforce is the reason that they are as well known as they are. You know? So So yeah, I'm playing one of my favorite tracks from Metallica. I played my absolute favorite um roughly a roughly a year ago. Okay. And that was, uh, if you don't remember, that was the title track from Ride the Lightning. I told you why that's my favorite. If you don't remember, well, tough shit, go back and listen to the episode. There you go. Prick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my, clo- my coming in at number two, my second favorite Metallica song is the song Battery. Oh, God, Battery. That is like a... That is the blueprint for how a thrash metal song should be written. It's got the buildup, it's got the intensity, it's got those little, uh, those little triplet galloping notes that are just, uh, just so high strung, and that and that rhythm that is just breakneck speed. And oh my god, I can't tell you the brutality that ensues in this record. What this record, this song. But yeah, the record of which it is a part. It's from Master of Puppets. Every, everyone knows that album. Right. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows that album. Everybody knows this band. Everybody, I assume everybody knows this song. So you must know that it starts off with that little false sense of security. That little Spanish-themed guitars. That where it just sounds like a showdown is about to happen. But that showdown just kind of turns into a full-on riot. Well... Let the riot ensue. Here is Battery.
Oh yeah, that is such thrash incarnate aggression right there. Mm. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, especially that, especially that riff at the very end, the ding 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 ding. I mean, it really, it feels like there is no reason for it to be there, but you feel like it just has to be. <laughs> there, yeah. Why not? It's a good transition riff, and man, it is just a brutal, it just feels like a hammer. Just like, yeah. So yeah, I really love that song, as I have, uh, as I have projected <laughs> right now. So, right. so yeah, it's Metallica. Everybody knows them. Everybody knows their history. They are the band that wrote the, the one song. Yeah, I'm literally saying that correctly. The one song. Right. <laughs> Oh God! So, but I could go on a whole, you know, a whole podcast episode about that band. So let's avoid that. That was my '80s track, right. Dustin. What's your '80s track? Mine. I've got a couple more left. This one, I think, two more that I'm going to do of '80s again. Trying to play some bands that I enjoyed and maybe pick some tracks that weren't their best known tracks. You know, if you're already familiar with them, if you listen to '80s music like me, you might already know these bands. But if not, you get to check out a cool track. If so, maybe it's a track you weren't as familiar with. The band I'm going to play this time is The Fix. They are from London in the UK. Uh, their debut album was Shuttered Room. came out in 1982 as the band formed in 79, very similar to The Ruts. Mm. Not the same type of music, but uh, <laughs> same era, same country. Yep. Pretty much same years. Anyway, debut album. This was their debut single, so, you know, I was trying to avoid some of those, but I think this is not as well known as a lot of their other tracks. So we're going to get into this. We're going to wrap up the show. The band is The Fix off of Shuttered Room. This track is called Stand or Fall.
right, as that winds down, that is The Fix with Stand or Fall. Some tracks that people may recognize if you didn't recognize that one from The Fix. Some of their bigger hits uh, might be the track Red Skies, Saved by Zero, One Thing Leads to Another. There's a few examples of some cool tracks by The Fix, who's from the UK, so... Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. I've enjoyed playing the 80s tracks because there's a lot of cool 80s tracks out there. But again, trying to play some that you might not hear so frequently. Yeah. Or be as familiar <laughs> with. A couple more, and then I'm going to move on to some other genre that isn't punk to wrap up the show. We are wrapping up the show. Thank you for joining us for episode 249. And we are found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Player FM, SLCPunkCast.com. I'm sure several other places. Find us, listen to us, share us. Hopefully you continue to enjoy. Go back and listen to back episodes. We, I'm pretty good at listing all the cool bands that you will be able to check out in the descriptions, especially over on slcpunkcast.com. On Instagram, you can find the bands from this episode at comebackkid underscore hc, at dammit records, at the ruts dc, at pairs the band, at lost underscore Vegas underscore lean underscore one three for 13 at the ghostwood murder at BLVD dot bullies at Americant dot records and also you can go to Americant records dot com and not a lot there yet but I'm sure there'll be more coming and you can also contact the band or not the band but the album the album the record label <laughs> aka <laughs> uh John, through that method. Uh, and after you've heard the interview, they're open to bands that kind of fit what they're into, right? It's not everybody, but that's a good way to reach out if you feel like you fit that mold. The show's at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? Well, I should have this all memorized right now. Let's find out. And I'm going to actually have to have it memorized because... <laughs> I go off of, uh, I have a list, and it's on my phone, and my phone is dead as a doornail, so oh, <laughs> so let's hope that I get this right. My personal Instagram is at scaryuncle underscore eric underscore slc, and you can find my bands on Instagram at anonymousbandofficial, or you can find us on Bandcamp at anonymousslc.bandcamp.com, or Facebook, anonymousbandslc. And the other band I am a part of is Heart of Dark. You can find that on Instagram at Heart of Dark 801 SLC. Uh, excuse me. I think it's just 801. I, just Heart of Dark is all one word. <laughs> <laughs> so find that on Instagram. Well, we will look for it then. Yeah. The other podcasts of which I am a part include Assault City Circle Pit. Just a couple of episodes, but you should listen to it anyway. And, and also the Wrecked podcast and my Lead Melodies podcast, yes. which I remind you, the uh, episode of which I talk about the Soldiers of Destruction album Cause and Effect is out. You can stream it. And yeah, just listen to it, man. I got episode three coming out. It's going to be uh, uh, hopefully sometime in March, but it's coming. I am working on it. And it's going to be a fun one. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, the Instagrams, you can find it at RectCast, at Assault City CP, or at, or, and lead.melodies.slc. Uh, I think that's the Facebook, actually. 
Whoops. <laughs> yeah, you that, had it close today. Uh, it's Lead Melodies Podcast, SLC. That is the Instagram. But, yeah, on Facebook, you can find it at lead.melodies.podcast.slc. There we go. And then on, uh, yeah, and the other podcast, you can find it on Assault City Circle Pit and Wrecked Podcast on Facebook. It's just that simple. Also on Facebook is, you can find me, you can find the page SLC Hardcore, at SLC Hardcore. I've admittedly been a little uh, sparse in posting about shows and other news coming out, but hey, shows have been pretty sparse around here as well. <laughs> <That's> so, true. <laughs> but shows are coming back. I'm getting back to posting about it again. If you, if you want to know, now you know. Go follow. <laughs> right. And let's see. I think that is everything. Yeah, that is, that is everything. All right, well, check them out there. You can check out the bands on Facebook at Comeback.Kid, at Dogs in the Fight, at Dammit Records, at The Ruts. Bad Bistro has a Facebook page as well. At Pairs the Band, at Americant Records, at LV Lean 13, at The Ghostwood Murder. And it's everything but the R, and I double checked this that I wasn't doing or looking at it incorrectly. It's at the Ghostwood Murder, but without the R at the end. But I'm sure if you put the R in, you'll be able to find them as well. Yeah. Probably, probably to avoid uh, in hopes that there is another band called Ghostwood Murder that they don't take this handle. There you go. <laughs> it was the Ghostwood Murder all the way on Instagram, but without the E on Facebook. At BLVD Bullies LV. And finally, the shows at SLC Punkcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for 249. We appreciate it. We appreciate you sticking around all the way up until this point. Hopefully, you found some great music, great bands, great labels to get out and support. Eric, any final thoughts for a wrap-up show? Well, back to uh, just to kind of retread what I was saying about the uh, Rut song, Babylon is Burning. Uh, yet, Babylon is still burning. You know, whether you call it Babylon or you just call it, you know, the regular world or the normal lifestyle of which you cannot live. And... And yeah, just uh, just remember, just kind of uh, keep true to your faith, keep true to you, your passion and your purpose, because purpose is what's personally keeping me on this mortal coil. Outside of the podcasting and my bands and whatnot, I just have a lot of stuff that is in the works, and I want to see it come to fruition. I actually said this, I was like, yeah, I don't contemplate suicide. I don't want to commit suicide. I have a lot to do. <laughs> I have a lot of shit to take care of. Right? So it's going to take a while. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, just uh, some people are happy with that little menial lifestyle is just to get a house, to uh, get a wife, to have an ample amount of uh, little pets and an ample amount of little versions of themselves, <laughs> children, <laughs> and just to... Live that way to raise the kids and uh, for them to go off and, uh, you know, maybe repeat the scenario. <laughs> Who knows? But if you find solace in that, if that's your comfort, that's what you want to do, then that's uh, what you're going to do if you're content with it. Me, I'm uh, personally not content with that. I got a lot of stuff that I like to uh, to do that because life to me is more than just uh, work. Right. Yeah, you know, And sleep and eat. It's all the stuff that we do in between that matters. A lot of creating. Oh yeah, a lot of creation. But I'm a cre I'm a creative person. A lot of people I know are creative people. I mean, this podcast wouldn't exist if Dustin wasn't so creative. <laughs> 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 yeah, so, so there you go. Just uh, 
Yeah, just keep true to your passions. Keep being creative if you are. And if you're not, well, I don't know. Find something to make you creative. Yeah, you might not have found your thing yet. <laughs> yep. Just keep, uh, that's just why we're on this planet. We're just kind of fumbling for meaning, fumbling for purpose, because we are conscious of our own mortality. And hopefully morality, actually. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's uh, not the point. The point is just uh, just achieve all. All. Play the fucking outro. Play the fucking outro.